Welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Y'all can call me Baz. And we're back. It's another week. Um, it's fall, which is crazy. I don't know. This year is just flying by. I don't even know where it's going. It's just so much shit's happening. I'm trying to keep up. Um, but let's get into this week's guest. I'm so hyped. Um, honestly, the more that we talked and planned for this podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, why haven't we like spoken sooner about all this like very similar in our passions it's really dope um but anyways so i'm here with ksenia um so for people who don't know who ksenia is we actually went to high school together you and my sister were in the same grade um obviously high school feels like forever ago but also feels like so recently but you've like flourished into like this amazing woman and you have so much going for you i'm so excited to share but um Ksenia is a wellness content creator. She's a small business owner, an artist, and blogger. She has a background in mental health from working with youth at the hospital for sick children um, from the psychiatry department, which is actually goals, like love. Um, And that's where she learned and was inspired to create her own technique that was heavily based on CBT and DBT and has a holistic wellness um, and applies a holistic wellness um, to, to her practice as well as a creative as well as teaching creative releases. Um, I think that just embodies everything that I love. So love that. <laughs> um, so you can also find her work on her website, which is called Independ- In Deep Water. Sorry, I was going to say independent. I started wrong. In deepwater.ca, where she provides an abundance of resources, writes articles, explores creative outlets to support her ideology, supporting holistic well-being. Um, so Ksenia also hosts guided meditations and intention setting stretches every Wednesday. So wellness Wednesdays, guys, Always check her out 9 PM in her in deep water wellness Instagram live. Actually, me and my sister were talking about this. We definitely need to attend like our, we've just been so chaotic. I'm like, it's good to have like one of those things. And which I'm really excited about. She's launching two products in October. I've had a little sneak peek. I'm so hyped. Like, I'm really nervous, but I'm very excited. Nervous is good though. Nervous means like good things are coming and it's something you're passionate about. So it has purpose. Um, But yeah, did I miss anything else? I feel like that's so much. (laughs) No, but that's, that shows like you have so much going for you. And I think a lot of people can benefit from what you have to offer. Um, So I really hope that people check out um in deepwater.ca that's where that's where your products are going to be launching right yes yes okay cool wellness space you guys will see so in october that's like in two weeks so hopefully when this releases it'll be released because that's when i hope to honestly yeah october is coming so soon it's literally like tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) crazy (laughs) um but what I've been trying to do is an icebreaker. Um, and I, we were just talking about how I've been loving the, um, we aren't really strangers, um, game like deck of card. I need to buy it. Um, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, uh, we aren't really strangers is what I've been using for my guests previously. It's just a deck of cards that, um, creates dialogue for vulnerable, um, insightful and just like interpersonal connections to happen naturally and I just live by their questions but the question I had for you I have so many damn tabs open uh, <laughs> story of my life um, so my question for you is what would you name this chapter of your life Ooh, I think I would name it transformation Ooh. Yeah, that's it's, big. Just, it's been one of those years, you know, where you mm. feel like, I don't want to say it's all, I mean, yeah, it's definitely all growth, but it's just those feelings of um, mm. uncomfortable shifts in your life and you don't mm-hmm. know where it's going. I think I can name that transformation because I've had a lot mm. of those this, this year. Yeah. And the, yeah, the reason I like picked the question and I relate to that so heavy is because 2020 in itself, I feel like will be a chapter for everyone. Like, to have um but the fact that you're taking away transformation is like pretty sure that's pretty solid compared to a lot of people's name for their 
for their 2020 chapter. So um, I, I hope someone, le- I hope everybody learned a little bit, like something mm-hmm. from this year, you know, and not just put it in the toilet. Yeah, I, I agree though. Yeah. I feel like it really comes down to perspective because so much is happening and it's forcing us to change and transform and evolve. Um, but that pe- a lot of people are comfortable or they're comfortable with comfort, you know, they're happy with comfort. And it's like, you can't really grow if you're so stagnant in that um, or attached to that feeling. So this is just forcing everyone to evolve. So there's a beauty in that, I think, and hopefully become better. Um, Yeah, I I think you can only become better with forced change and having a positive intent with it. Um, But yeah, I actually don't know. I think my my chapter name would be like a whole mess. I don't know. Or or not a mess. Actually, I lied. This is not the year of the mess. I think just, yeah, definitely something like evolution or um, metamorphosis, like kind of like that in between. Yeah, like that in between phase where you're doing the work to hopefully see like the fruits of your labor later. I think that's kind of where I'm feeling like 2020 is that year to kind of yeah, get that work done bring in that work just to see yeah like stepping it. into purpose kind of I yeah by the way can I just say your nails are so nice oh my gosh thanks girl that's so <laughs> nice I was gonna go to your place um but then I got really lazy and just went by my house but I'm gonna probably but I want my long nails I feel like that's such an important part of self-care like I forgot how much I liked doing it I know. Please don't look at mine. I'm not even going to show you mine because I'm oh. going to go in there. So. I'm so excited. You have to show me what you got. Um, but so let's get into our topic. Um, so I don't know if anyone knows. A lot of people say, oh, I love your topics. And I'm like, honestly, I don't always pick them. I usually just find someone that I connect with. And then I'm like, let's just see where we connect and why we connect. And I, that just naturally happens. So I love this topic. Um, We're going to be going over boundaries and codependency, which is something so deeply uh, intertwined into my own healing and growth journey. Um, But to get started, I guess for anyone who doesn't necessarily know, how would you define codependency? And then we can get into how we define boundaries. We'll start with one. Okay. Um, So to me, codependency, it's such a broad term because Mm -hmm. it's it's a number of areas. It's physically, it could be mentally, it could be emotionally, financially. Mm. Um, I think it's just, in a sense, getting or requiring someone else to do the work mm. for you. Oof. So it's like you have so much healing to do, but you're you're giving someone. I want to say you're requiring someone else to fill mm. shoes that are too big for them. Mm. To me, that's codependency, and mm. that. Can, come out in so many ways but really if that person wasn't in your life would you still be okay and Mm. I feel like in codependent relationships you wouldn't you know it wouldn't be like a okay my life continues on it would be a huge struggle Mm. um, without that help and that um, requirement of those that person yeah no that's actually spot on um that's that's how I see it too. I see it as like an unhealthy attachment to something. It could be to someone, like you said, to money, um, to any. It's just unhealthy. So yes, we have attachments. Um, we create bonds. But when it gets to that unhealthy level of like now to be a full functioning human or to fulfill something, you need someone else. That to me is what codependency is. Um, and you said something about like them um, the requirement to fill a role. I think that's a huge one too, because a lot of the time, uh, when there is, I definitely have been codependent. So let me just use me as an example. I think everyone has to an extent, but when I've been codependent, um, I've let someone else in the driver's seat for, um, an aspect of my life, whether it was my happiness or choices or, you know, decisions. And now they have, they hold power. So it's like giving your power away to someone else. Um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think it's the idea of just, I want to feel whole, but I'm mm. not going to feel whole by myself. Mm. So you rely on someone else to fill that position. Yes. Oof. That's, yeah. that's true. The wholeness is very true. And I feel like it intertwines nicely with um, the other, the other um, topic of boundaries. Um, how do you, 
but I feel like boundaries is used a lot now, but like, what is your definition of boundaries? So for a while, I mean, I didn't really have a definition of boundaries. Yeah. So I think for me, like I would, I would define it as building healthy walls. Mm. I don't even want to say walls because walls is always kind of like a negative term. Mm-hmm. Let's say room dividers. Mm-hmm. Building healthy room dividers where they can be moved. They're mm. malleable, they're flexible, and mm-hmm. you build them based on like respect for yourself. Mm-hmm. Kind of just always wanting to keep a symbiotic relationship mm. with everyone around you and kind of work family balance and mm-hmm. just always wanting to keep balance. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. I think, um, yeah, like the, the wall analogy is good. Uh, like the, the divider wall analogy. Um, I almost see it as like tape you put on the ground to like give yourself that bubble and to make sure that you are always, um, it's you in that bubble and no one can kind of cross into that bubble. And once you let them cross or you cross that bubble, it's like now it's no longer serving you. So it's just understanding what is, like we said, like I said, um, healthy limits, I guess, healthy limits. Yeah, we'll say that. Um, and they intertwine because the codependency, it's like you literally, boundaries don't exist. Exactly. It's like you write them off. Um, and I think it's just, it's very common. Um, a lot, everyone struggles with this to some extent. Um, and it is a learned behavior. I don't think humans are, you know, grow up to be, to attach in an unhealthy way. It's definitely um, a result of how we're raised, trauma and all that. So yeah. yeah, they have negative connotations, but like, I don't want anyone to be like, oh damn, like I'm codependent. I don't have boundaries. Like, okay, so does everyone and their mom. Yeah. Like, it's okay. As long as you're like aware and you're working on it. Um, but I feel like society's idea towards codependency and boundaries, um, like I said, can kind of be negative in a sense or punished. Like if you're too codependent and and all that, like it's not a negative connotation, but what do you think, um, within our generation, how do you think people see boundaries or codependency? I don't know if that's a clear question. No, it is. No. Um, I, I think what's crazy is that with every social media platform, I feel like it's always changing. Like there's this, mm-hmm. especially Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if you're on Twitter, but I am. Gosh, do you see the things that they say sometimes? And I, I Twitter is like, out of pocket sometimes. <laughs> literally, like it makes you think like, whoa. Like, yeah. That's never heard that before. But basically, like I think it's always changing um, mm-hmm. in society, especially in our generation. There's this weird judgment surrounding Mm. not only like boundaries but just like independency like Mm. for example for women you know Mm -hmm. even when I was growing up my mom was always like you know men want to be needed but you also have to be super independent and like Mm -hmm. you don't want to rely on any man so it's like I was raised and the way my sister was raised is very independent because my mom was a single mother so she's just Mm -hmm. very independent but then at the same time we're judged for being too independent mm-hmm. and then we're also judged for being codependent. And mm-hmm. so there's that weird, like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I think society is so judgmental at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. You, you don't really know, like you want that good balance of obviously my man is there or my woman is there to mm-hmm. help me and support me. But at the same time, I'm not relying on them mm-hmm. or anything that I can give myself. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Um, when I wrote this question, I was definitely thinking of social media. I was thinking of the whole concept of like, um, meme culture and just like mocking, um, I guess not necessarily healthy relationships, but like when a man is openly, um, in love with a woman, it's seen as him being quote unquote whipped. Um, that really bothers me. Um, but if a woman is, is not doing that, then she's like a hoe, you know, like, why is she like not showing her man on the gram? Like she's, you know, it's like that double standard. Um, so that's reinforced. And then also the idea of like any, any, um, any girl that's overly affectionate is deemed crazy or possessive. And, um, I think that 
in a weird way, recreates that, that codependency because it's now I'm chasing something because I'm being punished, but I'm seeking this approval. Um, so it's like this toxic cycle, I almost feel like. And then the boundaries obviously don't exist because of the double standard. Like men expect something, but they don't want to um, give it themselves or I guess in any partnership it could be like someone will expect something from you but aren't willing yeah. to be receptive of it so it's like these boundaries are not um, they're not the same so it's like I'm now compromising myself so I think culture has a big part of that um, and it also goes down to just like how we value ourselves like as women and how men see us um, and just how we're portrayed through social media. I think a lot of boundaries are crossed, even though cancel culture is a big thing right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's still so much like in terms of boundaries. I'm like, that's cr- like, y'all are really okay with like talking about like a man shooting a woman in the foot, like trying to kill her and making oh memes. Like, where's the boundary? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we're so, I think we're so used to all this information coming at us and just, you know, I understand mm-hmm. like, freedom of speech, opinions, whatever. But I always think about it like, you never know the full story. And mm-hmm. I would like, you hear, I don't know, just everybody's so like, everybody makes everything into a joke. And it's like, yeah. you know, I think we forget that. Yeah, we, we don't know those people at all. These are celebrities. And yes, they put themselves in the public eye. But at the same time, they have real lives. Like this yeah. woman is really shot in the foot yeah a joke and in a in a way it's like I, I don't remember who it was but someone made a joke about glorifying like abusive relationships yeah and I was I like made me shiver I was like oh it was um Drea it was Drea yeah I saw that I was like when does the joke go too far like it's not mm-hmm. funny yeah I don't know if anybody could find that funny yeah um, no that's so that, and I think that's where culture like sets the standard for what boundaries are um even like the whole like joke I was talking about this last night um the whole joke of like black men don't cheat it's like now you're reinforcing this boundary that women have to like yes it's a joke but you're reinforcing this narrative of what women should expect from a man you know like you should expect your man to be like this like that is your boundary you're telling me what my boundaries are and if I don't agree with that boundary then I'm difficult I'm crazy I'm asking for too much I'm too sensitive and it's like how is someone telling me my boundaries you know and then of course that it's like me against society plus my partner so that's a heavy thing to face I think totally and I think just the idea too of like you know, when we've normalized so many things, like we've normalized side chicks and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, like this and that. And, and I just think about it like, this is literally now what like relationships are like, like mm-hmm. be okay with it. Or even the idea of like, oh, uh, I don't know. It's just, there's so many different things where it's like, I know friends of mine who mm. don't like when the guy that they're talking to is liking a bunch of girls pics on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm kind of just like, it's Instagram. Like, I don't really mind. Yeah. As long as it's to an extent, you know, there is a boundary there where mm-hmm. it's not going past this. And mm. what is your intention behind liking? Yeah. Um, and I think like, again, we're very intuitive. Women have mm-hmm. women's intuition, you know, it's we know true. what it is. Yeah. So, it's just those like little things that have become so normalized and we're so quick for instant gratification mm. that people don't want to put in that work to really mm-hmm. find out what their partner's like, what their boundaries mm. are, what their triggers are, and really work on a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's so true. I feel like we could dissect the whole thing, but um, yeah, I really just think when it comes to healthy relationships, society mocks it almost and it makes it a lot harder to um stand up for yourself to even have a a representation of it um because there's so much um just unhealthy like reinforcements um but i guess that kind of leads me to my my next question which is why do you think people struggle so much um in establishing healthy boundaries of course we talked about like society and establishing that but um there's definitely other reasons why people struggle with boundaries I know for me there has been I think um 
honestly just everything environmental factors like mm. your family mm-hmm. the way you guys like interact it's just mm-hmm. it's I don't know it's to, to me uh, I have a story for you later but basically yeah. it's just it's the boundaries you have with your you know the way your mom or your your dad raises you like mm-hmm. what kind of boundaries you should have with adults and with mm-hmm. you know people around you your friends and all that and I think that I don't know I I've been I don't want to say I've been taken advantage of but in my family we've had mm-hmm. this whole you know obviously respect your elders respect mm-hmm. your elders Ooh, that's a big family. one yeah and we've it's such a big value for us like we you know we say that all the time and I appreciate that because I think that's very important um but at the same time I was never taught that you know when I'm working and I have a boss who's expecting too much of me Mm -hmm. or not paying me properly for Mm -hmm. certain work that I'm doing where do I draw the line for me I was always taught like saying no wasn't right yeah and eventually when I kind of you know told my stories to my mom she was just like what? Like she should be paying you. And I would just did not feel comfortable having those conversations Mm -hmm. with adults because to me, it was always respect your elders, respect your elders. Like that's disrespectful. Mm So I had to learn that later on in life to be able to really stand up for myself because Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't raised initially um, to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That was something hard earned. And I think that has a huge impact on your boundaries. That is so big. Um, I was I always say a lot of your blueprint to life is established when you're a kid. Um, and I had the same struggle because I was taught to be very quiet and not stand up for myself at home because I wasn't an option. I just had to listen and be good. Um, that translated into every relationship I had, whether it was friendship, uh, romantic, or even in the work environment. Uh, my threshold for taking um, not abuse, but like taking more than I should have was a lot higher than it should have been. And then when my family would hear about it, they'd be like, why didn't you just say anything? I'm like, because I don't even know how, because you never let me practice that skill. I don't know how to do that. That feels so foreign to me. Um, And it's just that skill. So um, I think we are taught that having boundaries is disrespectful or offensive to people we love, but really and truly teaching um, someone you love boundaries or leading with examples is actually showing them a way to practice self-love. And it's something that I still have to learn um, of accepting other, not necessarily other people's boundaries, but my family's boundaries, like my sisters, when they establish boundaries, I'm almost like, I give them pushback. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm your older sister. But it's like that um, ownership or that um, expectation that I have this right to this, whatever it is, isn't fair. And I'm trying to be more mindful of that too, because I've been taught both like the expectation and what I'm allowed to set. Um, Yeah. And I I think also friendships, you know, our early, early friendships and what they teach us um, that reinforces it relationships too. Right. Cause those are our first like intimate experiences. Um, But I really do think it goes back to, to how we're raised like I really think and it's not not to blame our parents I think they're just doing the best the best they could with what they knew and I really think we're allowed to have more of a voice than we ever had especially as women um but that whole being taught to be quiet and passive is something that I've had to unlearn and it's a struggle yeah and I think again like I don't know. There's just everything. It's, it's either one way or another, like you're a pushover or you're too, you're too mm-hmm. strict. It's always that, where's the balance? And mm-hmm. I think that's really important for everyone is to find that balance within themselves, what they're comfortable with. Yeah. I was such a pushover before, like such a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I think when I switched up, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to say I switched up, but I kind of switched up, you know, like yeah. my family and my friends. And I was like, okay, wait, no, like, you know, today yeah. I'm not going to answer you because I need to do this for myself or with my family too at first it was such a struggle like mm-hmm. they were not expecting it we fought a lot mm-hmm. and now it's become kind of like second nature like okay yeah. that's okay that's all right you yeah. know no so, it's so true because it's hard to implement a shift in boundaries in an already established relationship there will be pushback um but i think if they love you it's sh- it it'll be okay it always works out um but I, same, I experienced the same thing. 
like friends were like, yo, why, why are you being a bitch? Like, I don't understand. I'm not. To you all the time. Yeah. Interesting. Why can't I use and abuse you anymore? I don't get it. What's wrong with you? Why? (laughs) It's like, damn, sorry, I'm not letting you use me anymore. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, But that's a, a very, I think that's very relatable, especially just growing up. Um, as a woman, I think that's something that a lot of people, or even men too, I think there's different narratives that we're taught, but um, boundaries are definitely important. Um, and I think uh, something I do want to talk about, and it intertwines with codependency, because um, boundaries and codependency intertwine in the sense that we, because we are not taught boundaries, we yeah. feel like we, um, we feel this like, not ownership of someone, but we feel like others are an extension of our self-identity because there isn't this clear-cut boundary. Um, And a lot of the time that is taught and then it it reproduces itself in relationships that we have. Um, But it can also be reinforced through gaslighting or trauma. Um, So I guess I want to talk about is, um, I guess, codependency and how it can be how manipulation is used around codependency and boundaries and how that actually reinforces it and not necessarily helps it um i i want to say in terms of like attachment style so when you're a codependent person from a psychological perspective you tend to see people who are actually emotionally unavailable um, and it creates the cycle of you're chasing for affection and this person is running and not or not able to provide this for you or is inconsistent with that and it creates this like rush of dopamine and like it's just a toxic cycle so a lot of the time these people use manipulate like both on both ends like a manipulative tactic of either keeping you in that relationship stuck in that cycle or making you feel bad for your attachment style so Um, I want to know your opinions on that. So this is actually interesting because I just had a conversation with one of my friends about this and Mm -hmm. it's really interesting because she, she's, she's always talking to me about like certain relationships in her life. And, you know, she, she and I, like we really connect on, you know, the wellness, um, Mm -hmm. spirituality, kind of all of those values. And we think very alike, like we're so synchronized. It's so, it's so insane, but I love that. she's telling me about all these like relationships and she's like, why am I constantly attracting relationships where mm. people are unstable and I have a perfectly fine reaction to the way that they're treating me, but mm. they make me feel crazy. Oh my God. Me. Me. <laughs> yeah. Literally we had this conversation too. And, yeah. and like, I was just like, I have I'm speechless because I'm like I don't know I I really like I wish I could tell you but the fact that you are aware of that is so important Mm -hmm. they're the ones at fault they're making you feel Mm. like your reaction is unwarranted and I think that everybody is entitled to the way they feel like you Mm -hmm. can't argue with the way someone makes you feel you Mm -hmm. know you can say that I didn't mean to make you feel that way I'm sorry that I I did that but Mm -hmm. the way you feel is the way you feel that's that's not need to be even if you wanted to change it, you couldn't. That's the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, I think with that, it just, people have this tendency to, again, like with, like you said, ownership, a little bit of that possession. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what I do to you, but you're mine. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what, I don't care. You have to accept it. And mm-hmm. to me, that, you know, I think people are really, some people are really attracted to that type of relationship because it's mm-hmm. like, they mistake it for passion. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this man's so passionate about me or this woman's so passionate about me. But it's mm-hmm. you know, it's toxic. It's not it's not yeah. breeding growth. It's not breeding love. It's just possession. Like I want to possess you. I don't want anyone yeah. else to have you. So take my shit or that's yeah. it. Like, I don't care. Yeah, that's so true. The the possession thing is I think very much um it's something we're taught, but um on both ends. So the gaslighting is huge um to make someone feel crazy for how they feel is the worst feeling um definitely has happened to me multiple times but it's also a way to make someone feel small and in control and not in control so now the person that's at fault is actually taking the power 
and it's a way to keep you in that cycle. And I've been looking into this a lot, but um, toxic relationships are actually addictive relationships. So you are now addicted to this cycle. Like literally there's hormones being released from these intense highs and lows that you are addicted to just like you could be addicted to a drug you're addicted to this feeling is not necessarily the person but that's also a reason why you might be chasing similar people because once that hormone is released that's what you're thinking oh this is what love feels like you know um so that's what you're chasing you're not necessarily chasing a specific person you're chasing the feeling of a dynamic um and it's hard because there's days where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the feeling. It feels good because that's what I'm used to. But then I'm like thinking I'm like, but damn, like this is toxic. Like, but how do I not like toxic? How do I make myself not like toxic? Because it's really hard to unlearn that, you know, because this is what my um, wiring has taught me is love, quote unquote. It's hard. Yeah. And I, I kind of discussed that with my friends too. And I think about it. Like, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, well, this is because of this and this and this, you mm. know, I want them to kind of realize that for themselves. So sometimes I'm like, well, maybe look at your relationship with your family or like, mm-hmm. how is your family interacting? How did they mm-hmm. ever show you love when you were younger? Like, yeah. Um, sorry, it says my internet connection is unstable. You're good. Um, but yeah, and like, uh, I just think about it, like, I don't want to be that person where it's like, oh, well, you know, you've told me this and this and this about your family and that's why. So I just kind of be like, oh, you know, related to this. And maybe that's your idea of love because that's what you've mm-hmm. always seen. Um, but you're it's right. So it is addictive. And you, I, I like, it's so crazy because there's something inside of you that's like, this is wrong. This yeah. is not how it should be. Yeah. Be easy. Why is it like this? But then at yeah. the same time, you're like, but this, this, nice. But this <laughs> feels good. Um it's like sugar, right? Or it's like bad junk food. It feels good in the moment. And then your body feels like trash, like five minutes after. Literally. Um, and you're like, wait, I'm back to this again. Like, didn't we just get out of this situation? Yeah. Didn't I just tell myself I wasn't going to do this anymore? Like, damn. Um, it's hard. And I think, um, a lot of the time it's about reflecting and being aware and then really doing the work um internally and also like you said your family dynamic where your earliest relationships came from where do these core beliefs come from like why do you think that you have to chase love you know why do you feel like you're not worthy of love that you constantly need validation from someone else like that's kind of where you need to go versus like why am I like why am I attracting these types of people but it's more like where do these beliefs come from and why do I believe them because part of you still believes it and you have to redefine these beliefs and these um these systems that you've created and it's literally like rewiring yourself it takes time um yeah it's a whole journey but yeah and honestly I just think about it too like Oh man, I, I read so many books by Louise Hay and um, a really good course called The Science of Wellbeing. Okay. And they just talk about so much, like the core of so much that we go through is stems mm-hmm. from not feeling good enough. Mm. And for mm-hmm. some reason, like when you said that, you're like, yeah, just like just being worthy of love. Like my meditation yesterday was about being worthy of financial freedom. Just mm. because sometimes you feel for mm-hmm. some reason inside that you don't deserve success. Mm-hmm. And all of that just gets in the way of manifesting that and bringing that abundance to you so it's the same with love it's the same with self-love it's everything that's that middle core part is like Mm -hmm. i am good enough yeah good enough for all this why why do i feel like i'm not let's Mm -hmm. work on that and let's really believe it because it's a belief it's not a thought um and you know sometimes you have to fake it till you freaking make it like um but just even saying why do i always attract people like that to me is saying that you still do so it's like even rewiring the way you speak like um i used to attract people like that but i'm not going to anymore um i think that already shifts the wiring right because our words play a big part in that in our mind um and that gets more on like a, a spiritual like metaphysical space but i truly believe that intertwines with psychology um and and rewiring so um yeah it, it gets deep and there's so many there's so many things you can do like you said the meditation i think is huge i love that you did that the the financial one is huge especially because if you grew up in a household where you were taught that 
uh, you have to struggle to be successful or that there was never enough. Um, yeah, I think that's a big one too. And that could be codependency as well. Yeah, just like honestly working on relationships with everything. Relationships mm-hmm. with money, relationships in general, just like how you you look at the outside world mm-hmm. a reflection of how you look inside. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Within. Yeah, there's a book called You Are Badass. I feel like everyone's kind of seen that. It's like everywhere. And I was like, this looks corny. But I read it and I was like, oh, this is kind of kind of good. Like it's basically talking about the like your inner selves and your beliefs that you've been taught and that are commonly taught to us that don't serve us and like we rewiring that to see the world in a different place and from a very abundant perspective um, which I love that so super easy read too super easy um but I wanted to know what has been your biggest lessons that you've learned when it comes to establishing boundaries for yourself personally okay well um Okay, so this is actually, this is what, this is my story, actually. Wow, it ties so well. Perfect. Look at that flow. <laughs> so basically, when, um, I know this is going to sound like it's completely off topic, but I did that quiz, like, what's your love language? Oh, I do that too, yeah. Yeah, and I, I was so surprised to see that it was acts of service. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I thought it would be like words of affirmation, like, you know, um, quality time. And, and, you know, obviously, we're all a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. Acts of service. And I, like, had this epiphany that the way my family has always showed love is mm. doing things for each other and even since we were younger um again because like, my mom was a single mom she'd come home from work and she put like a lot of responsibility on my sister and I and if we got it done that was our way of showing how much we love her that she doesn't have to come home and think about it and even now you know when we do things for each other it's to make our lives easier for each other so mm. I thought about it, like whoa, like, no wonder I'm such a giver. I give so much. I'm always like, mm. like, especially when I first get into a relationship, oh my God, you can ask any of my friends. I'm just like willing to do everything for that person. Yeah. And that's just the way I show someone that I mm. care. And so I think about it and I'm like, now my, the way I establish boundaries for myself is pouring that back into myself. Mm. And just like, you know what? I'm not jumping the gun and doing everything for everyone else who just entered my life because not only have I ever been taken advantage of, but Mm -hmm. these people aren't ready to do that for me. Yeah. So it's more or less like a waste of time on my part Mm -hmm. and I'm giving too much of myself right Mm -hmm. away. So Mm -hmm. I've learned to kind of pour that back into myself and say no when I'm just not ready to Mm -hmm. give right now. I think Mm -hmm. that's a huge lesson I've learned recently. I love that. That's a good one. I, I identify to that a lot in terms of like being taught or that giving is um, the way to love someone and over giving sometimes is something I tend to do because I think, oh, if I give you all this, then you're going to know how much I care about you, exactly. you know, and I want you to really feel it. And then I feel like deep down inside, I just want them to give back like maybe one tenth of it so I can feel the same, but it's not happening. <laughs> Which is like, and I don't know why, like, and that's within my own work that I have to do. Yeah. But I think um, in terms of boundaries with myself, it was um, the access, to, uh, having access to me. That was a big boundary I had to learn um, and not feel guilty because it was something like being punished for, you know, um, yeah. growing up guilt that, and it's a, it's a tactic, right. That we were taught. Um, and, you know, when I don't respond to my phone or my texts and people get upset, I automatically feel really bad. And then now I've gone to the point that I'm like, no, like I'm not on my phone because not because I don't want to talk to them. It's never personal. On my phone. Yeah. It's just, I don't feel like being on my phone or that day. I just want to disconnect. Um, so I think that's an important one, but I always feel really guilty for like canceling plans or not. And people will try and make you feel bad. And it's not in, I don't think they mean to, but it's like those boundaries are important. I've always looked up. I think people admire people who have boundaries in a way. It's like, a yeah, you respect them because it's yeah. like, you respect yourself mm-hmm. you are putting those boundaries up for yourself. So I'm going to respect you. Yeah. It's like a sign of confidence and self love. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I always think about it, I'm like, the people that I've, like, really admired have always had clear boundaries, and I never even questioned to think about, like, stepping on them, and I've always looked at them as very, not that they 
not that they were weak or anything, but just very like a strong, whole, loving person. Of course, they have um, the term strong is so problematic sometimes, but they, yeah, of course, they have emotions and relationships and flaws, but you know, they, because they are their core source and they're protective of themselves, then everything kind of just flourishes. Um, And that's been a big one for me. Um, just access to me and me and also um, being aware of my toxic traits and setting boundaries to not um, practice those traits because it's easy to do it and not realize but by having boundaries already established it like prevents you from doing that so it could be as simple as like I don't know um, not checking your phone in the morning uh, for social media. It's like, you know, that's not a good thing for you. It might start your day on an anxious note. So I'm creating this boundary that I'm not going to do that. So now I am, it's a, it's hard to uncondition, but at the same time, it's like, it's an act of love from preventing myself to indulge in that act. So I think in a way boundaries, you can start by establishing them within yourself and respecting your boundaries, that relationship you have, and then start implementing it with others. It'll come a little bit easier. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think also, I think we touched on this last time we met, which is mm-hmm. um, just like for me, I'm very interactive with people that follow me because I mm-hmm. think it's really sweet. I find it just like very, I don't know. It's really sweet that you want to follow me. Like just yeah. follow my life or like if I'm helping you in any way, that's so great. Like, please let me know. Like a community and, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so happy to talk to people. But again, it's that, like you said, that access where people feel like they're entitled to your time all the time or, you know, like people are, are talking to you in your Instagram and you're like, I don't know you. I don't mm. reply to you, but mm. I am because I want to. So respect my time. Mm. And I think that's, that's something where I also, like you said, the access, like we're so used to um, mm. instant messaging that I know that sometimes I have that toxic trait where I overthink and I'm like, oh, this person hasn't replied to me in like three hours. What have I done? What do they think about me? And I'm really trying not to do that too, because mm-hmm. I know it's not me. It's a just, you know, it's, that's my own reflection of judgment on myself, yeah. but it's hard sometimes you're like uh, falling into this again why am i overthinking it yes i do that too like you know what i mean i do that all the time um i was talking to my sisters too like especially my youngest sister because now she's getting in that space of like this person responded this person did it and i always tell her like 99% of the time it's not personal and that 1% that they're doing it on purpose says more about them than you because if they're not able to communicate because you did something, then that has nothing to do with you on top of that. So like, but that's so hard to remember in the moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, you really just gonna leave me on red. That is gonna drive me insane. Like it's been four hours, you can't answer me? Yeah, like I see you on Insta, like what are you doing? Literally, I'm like, I know you've checked your phone. I know you saw my message, um, but- I'm important to you, cool, thanks, let me know. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? And I think that also comes down to like our idea of what, um, of how people value us. Like if they don't respond to us, then they don't value us. That's what we think. Um, and I definitely think that sometimes I'm like, Oh, okay. Where that's how you feel about me. I try to disconnect, but it's so hard. It's hard. I'll just leave my phone. I'm like, you know what? Let me just not check it for a bit. And you know what else? That toxic trait of they didn't answer for four hours. Let me not answer for three. Oh my God. That's me right now. Tomorrow. (laughs) That's me right now. That's so funny. I really try not to feed into it. But I also don't want to be that person that's like, oh, you didn't answer me in three hours. Okay. Let me answer you like in three minutes. Like I'm here like texting you back. I don't want to be that person either. It's so interesting that we're saying this because I think it's a whole new culture of how we communicate as people and develop relationships and new rules and new boundaries that have to be kind of established that we're all just figuring it out. Like no one's ever lived this version of relationship building and creation through technology. Like it's very weird. It's so, it's just, I don't like it. I'm one of those people, like, I'm no. such an old soul that I would <laughs> just not talk over text. You want to, you want to talk to me? Okay, come see me. Like, come see me. Live with me. Yeah, like, don't talk to me and then 10 other people at the same time. To me, oh. it, like, waters down the value in it, waters down the type of communication skill. Like, 
it just drives me insane. Like, can you just write me a letter and mail it to me? Yeah. I'll read it in a week. Like, I'll be okay with waiting for that. And not the effort you put in, and now like, everything's so easy. So it's like clearly mm-hmm. you're not just talking to me. Mm-hmm. And also, I just me as personally, like we you know, the way we respect ourselves too is like mm-hmm. the amount of energy I give. I can only give one person energy at a time. Oh, facts. Oh, no, wow. Hey, I am like, and especially even if I am talking to more than one person, let's say, there's yeah. no way everybody's getting my equal energy. Facts. So That's so true. Others, I'm not getting your full effort, so. Mm-hmm. That's, and it's just like the new norm, you know, in the culture that we live in, which is like ties back to how we define boundaries and what's okay and what's not okay. And like, it's just a lot. Puffing season. Oh, and it's uh, drafting season. Oh, and God. Like, I actually is- retired. Like, I'm done. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even looking at the list. I'm not even shopping. I freaking hung that jersey. I'm done. Y'all can do whatever. Just leave me alone. I'm going to get a puppy. <laughs> That's it. I know. I have my cat. Like, I'm good. Yes! Or a cat. Like, I'm good. Leave me alone. But to wrap up, uh, we spoke about this already. Like, just how we can better our relationships and our codependent um tendencies is there anything you've done that kind of helped you reestablish boundaries um work on codependent um like triggers or um behaviors um what i've done for myself yeah or you would recommend to anyone okay yeah no i've i'm still trying (laughs) still working on the boundaries i'm still trying to yeah and i think i think it's just um i always I don't know how to explain this, but I always try and see the opposite of everything. So, like, for me, mm. if I feel lonely, I know that I need to be alone. Like, mm. If I feel like I'm reaching out for validation, I know that I have to validate something in myself. Like, Ooh, I'm, that's yeah, good. I just opposite kind of effect because opposite action, I think that's just because when there's, like, it's, like, the same as, like, meditation. You have a lot going on in your head. You want to meditate. That's, mm. the, that's what's going to help you. So, I see it, like, let me again pour back into myself because mm. my energy being wasted. Like if I'm, if I'm really feeling a certain way, my energy is going to go outwards. Why? Like mm. I think about it like, why would I put my energy outwards? I really need it. I really need it right now. So mm. to me, that's something I'm working on. Just my toxic traits, just being so aware. Like I mm-hmm. think aware is so key. No, that's good. I, I can't even, t- I can't even like connect with people who are, un- are unaware because it's, it's yeah. so prevalent now to me that I, it's like I can't there's no way yeah it's so it's so true I think um what you said I didn't ever heard that but that's a really good one I need to start doing I'm gonna try to apply that because that's really good um when it comes to my codependent like the first step is always like awareness I agree like even just identifying like damn that I'm a little toxic like you know yeah. like, that's a little toxic yeah. or I'm a yeah um but also identifying or I guess what has helped me is creating a relationship with myself which like we're talking about but it's like actively doing it where because it's not something I was taught so now I'm trying to teach myself how to do it so whether it be like acts of kindness to myself you know positive self-reinforcement you know um, buying myself flowers you know being okay with um you know, treating myself to things that I would do it for a partner, but never would do for myself. I think that has created this wholeness for me and also a a specific boundary or standard that I would expect for others. If I can do it for myself, then I should be able to um, expect others to do it for me or respect that level of respect that I have for myself. So it's just like, if I feel like I am this worth, I shouldn't let anyone else think lesser than me around me so that's kind of helped um and just really having things that belong to me um whether it's passion projects um whether it's um I don't know like just friendship groups um small joys that are mine because then I don't feel like my power resides in anyone else's hands because now no one can come and destroy my world because my world's mine my happiness is mine so I think that's, that's a good one. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been oh, it's literally changed the game. I need to do that. I think that's what I definitely need to Yeah. 
just shift on who has that who is in the driver's seat like that's what my therapist used to say like you're never in the driver's seat and it's like damn like you're right I let people set the tone even in relationships like if they don't want to be in a relationship right away it's like okay cool they want to be in a relationship right away. I'm like, okay, cool. It's like, no, what do, you, what do I want? And it's asking yourself that. And we were never allowed to even figure out what we wanted. So using yeah, this time. Again, like you touched on it. I think another thing is just asking for what you want. And I have had such a hard time with that in the past. And I've learned mm-hmm. that recently that I need to express myself because no one's going to know unless I tell them. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't want me like if they don't want to give that to me, that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not betraying myself by pretending like that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. And even just like you said, with um, putting yourself in the driver's seat, for me, I was always like my own little world is my own little world. And I only share that with mm-hmm. few people. And to me, I always felt like if I shared that, I was giving a piece of it away. Mm. So I just always kind of refrained from sharing it, even with my family sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they would have no idea what I was doing. And now I'm kind of able to give that you know like that you know sharing those little pieces without feeling like that's not my world anymore yeah because it is you're in control of it it's just they're experiencing it or observing it through what you're sharing um I think that there's so much to it but it really comes down to like making sure you are your source of happiness and love and then everything else flows but it's so hard but I think there's so many ways that um, we can work on it. And that's like all that matters. Um, but yeah, is there anything you wanted to add to the whole conversation of codependency and boundaries that we didn't touch on? Mm, no, I think we're good. I think the only thing I want to suggest to anyone listening is that mm-hmm. a great activity for you to feel like your thoughts are getting kind of out of your head. That's mm-hmm. been helping me at least like I know I'm, you know, I'm an artist, but at the same time, through quarantine, I got back into painting a lot. Mm. So I would just suggest find some sort of creative mm. relief, um, whether it's writing, you know, journaling. Like yeah. I like to use it on the typewriter because it makes me feel like... Ooh, that's dope. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. Or like, you know, painting or drawing or something, but I just mm. really recommend it 100% because you'll feel um, just lighter. Yeah, that's so true. And then that's yours, you know, like I always think like that is yours. No one could take it from you. Um, yeah. And I would say don't find healing in people, find healing with yourself. Um, a lot of the time we think, oh, like I'm in pain. I either need to find that person to make me feel better about it. Like conversations are fine, but they are not the source of your healing. You are the source of your healing. Um, so I think making sure that you're okay with being alone. And I think quarantine has taught us that we really need to be okay with our own thoughts, our own flaws, our alone time. Um, and a lot of people realize like, damn, I'm, I don't know if I really like myself by myself because there's all these, this constant stimulation. So really taking this as an opportunity to literally be okay with being alone. Um, but yes, yeah, so on a lighter note, what has brought you happiness? What is a small joy that has kind of made the last week of your life a little bit better? Um, just being grateful for my family. Like I'm, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I just, I've been thinking about it so much more and just being, I just feel so blessed. Like mm. I, my family is so supportive and they're so close. And like I said, I, I never used to share certain things with them because, mm. you know, fear of judgment. Because I would just judge myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself. And, um, yeah, they're just, anytime I would tell them, they just give me so much love and support and, and help and advice. And it's just coming from this place of like pride they have in me and the person I'm becoming. Mm-hmm. I have this amazing conversation with my sister who's like long distance. I don't talk. Yeah. Anymore, but I was in like a, such a kind of low point and I felt like I wasn't really believing myself and she just instilled this belief in me mm-hmm. and like literally made me cry. I was like, I love that. Do so much more now. Yeah, but I love that. Yeah, that's so good. Honestly, family's everything. Even though like, no family's perfect. I literally like my family's my world, and like I think everyone that's around me knows that. Um, my sister is definitely they are literally everything to me. Um, I'm trying to think of my small joy. I always do this, man. I always forget to think of mine. Um, honestly, I think my small joy was. 
Um, I, I think I spoke about it on my previous episodes, but I, I had a therapist. I loved her. It was the first therapist I had ever like really connected with ever. Um, and then she left and decided she was no longer going to practice. She had a baby and she's like, hey, I'm not coming back. And I literally was, I felt like I was going through a breakup. Um, and then finally she connected me with one of her students. And honestly, right now I'm so excited that I had my second session with him and like, I feel really positive about it. And that's not always how I feel when I get therapy. So that's been like a small like joy, especially going into the winter months. I'm always like anxious and worried because it takes a lot for me um, with seasonal depression. So knowing that I'm like equipping, equipping myself, equipping myself. Yeah. yeah. With the right tools and people, I, I'm feeling good. So that's my small joy of the week. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, need, I honestly, I don't want to say I need a new therapist. I had, I had a therapist as well um, for a while. And you know what? I wrote an article about this because as people who practice mm-hmm. like health and wellness and we're, you know, we're teaching others how to do mm-hmm. it. I think people like, or for me at least, like I felt like I had failed mm-hmm. when I went to go get therapy because I was like, mm-hmm. I'm teaching everyone else and I'm helping kids and I'm working at a hospital teaching people yeah. how to deal with you know depression anxiety and their like you know bipolar disorder and everything and here I am struggling like mm-hmm. how I failed mm. and, yeah so for a little bit I think finding um a really good therapist is really hard and like you said mm-hmm. it's hard to find like that positivity afterwards I actually found a really great one um mm-hmm. for part of quarantine when I got out but I I think I need to I feel like I'm a I like to talk in person and yeah so it is tricky I got to see them in person so so there might be that option I don't know if that will last we'll see Uh, but I agree with the whole um because we're so educated on it a lot of the times I'm sitting there and I'm like you're literally reading me my textbook like I literally did this course like you're not telling me anything new like I'm here because I want a human connection and someone to help me and hold space for me to deconstruct things or give me a different perspective, not tell me what uh, CBD and thought records are. I know that I've done it. Like I literally talk about this all the time. Um, But I also think healers need healing too, or someone to hold them accountable. I think all therapists um, or wellness practitioners should have, um, like a team or resource to make sure that they're well because you can't pour from an empty cup so I I totally get both um, perspectives I do want to ask you about in deep water before we go I want I never got to ask you like how it started and what it um, I guess what in deep water even means I know people I saw you had a question and answer period once but I wanted to ask you okay so basically like for me um water to me is just the most healing like I'm Mm -hmm. I love being in water I love being beside water anytime I'm feeling really just heavy I just go and sit by the water in my Mm -hmm. trunk on the beach like I love anytime just watch the water go by and it kind of I don't know what it is about it but it's just this slow pace or just focusing on something else Mm -hmm. kind of makes my thoughts feel uh this is gonna sound so strange but like not as high up in my head just more grounded Mm, it grounds you yeah yeah like my thoughts are more grounded too I just feel like I'm not overwhelmed by them they're not like floating around they're just like okay they're more level mm-hmm. um and yeah I just love being submerged in water you know I always take my baths love but initially um in deep water actually started because one of my friends um I was writing poetry and I had shared it with her and I didn't really share it with many people and she told me to go on this um website called writer's cafe and make an alias and then you can post your poetry she's like oh it's really good whatever I, you should have people see it and it actually got me writing more which is great but the first and only thing that could come into my mind was in deep water i don't even know where it came from like, just, it just like yeah popped in yeah that's usually how it happens yeah she's like i don't know like you want to do something else and i was like yeah let me think let me think i don't know the only thing i could think of was in deep water and the idea of in deep water to me like i just related to being in, to me open water is so scary like I would yeah. never want to be in like, Same. in like the ocean in the middle of the ocean by myself so that to me feels like you're drowning like in deep water mm. going through a lot mm-hmm. I agree 
Oh, I think the wellness just went into in deep water wellness. It's my whole yeah. family. <laughs> in deep water. I love that. I love that. I'm very much the same with water. My relationship to water is very much like, I find it so peaceful, so grounding, but at the same time, it scares me. It's like this beautiful, like complex thing, um, which I love. And it represents very much the wellness journey or your relationship with wellness. Um, so where can we find you? So in deepwater.ca, right? In deepwater.ca and then in deepwater wellness is my Instagram handle. Mm-hmm want to follow my personal because I, I do update my personal now I'm trying to brand it towards more wellness stuff too. connect it yeah yeah so it's Love. just Ksenia Kaz but that it's good because my heart my name is hard to spell Ksenia but the I is an X yeah it's K-S-E-N-X-A-K-Z perfect I'm gonna add it all in the description and all that but yes yeah. go follow her you're gonna release your products very soon um I'm so excited I'll post it too um, if you guys have questions, I know Ksenia is such an open and like easy going person. You can hit her up or hit me up. Um, and yeah, you know where to find me at Call Me Crazy Pod or at Be For Real. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.